Welcome to episode three of the Awaken Me podcast. I'm Scott and I'm here with Chase. Hello. And today we're talking about some hobbies because we all have hobbies, especially in a time where we can't really go out. We have we get to <laughs> indulge in our hobbies a little more. And what we thought was interesting is how often our hobbies turn into obsessions. Correct. For example. Yeah, we have a friend that... Um, Loves to bake and got a little bit into sourdough. And specifically now, sourdough bread. Specifically. Like, she was like, no, no, no. I love sourdough bread. And it, it, it kind of comes across a little bit as an obsession. Yeah. Or people <laughs> who work out and then, like, there's the whole, like, CrossFit culture where it's goes from a hobby to many taste cases and obsession. A lifestyle, correct. Okay. <laughs> obsession. A lifestyle, yes. Um, or people, like, love to, like, barbecue or cook or grill. But, like, you have the whole, like outdoor culture of like here we are and these are my like these are the different meats i'm grilling like don't touch my grill this is my grill you know i feel like that's also like especially for a lot of parents that goes from like a, oh i'm interested to like this is my zone like stay out of my zone this is my obsession you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and that's a big one yeah so uh, a hobby that i've recently picked up uh is coffee and the reason why that is unique <laughs> is because i hated coffee for mm. all of my life up until well maybe two years ago and uh, it was at that time where I was at my brother's house. And he's like, oh, do you want a coffee? And he was like, no, I think coffee's terrible. And he's like, what do you mean coffee's terrible? I was like, I just think it's better. I don't like it. He says, oh, you've just never had good coffee. And I was like, what do you mean good coffee? So he then begins to explain to me his whole setup where he has this fancy burr grinder where you need a burr grind because burr grinding is great and regular grinding is trash. And then he has this espresso machine that gets the, the exact droplet to get the – okay, so he explains the science and I'm like, I don't care. So he, he gives me what he calls an Americano. And I'm like, okay, great. I just a cup of coffee and I tried it. And it wasn't the worst thing I've ever tasted. And I was like, huh, yeah, interesting. So then I went to Starbucks to get an Americana because I was like, huh, and I tried that. And that was one of the worst <laughs> things I had ever tasted. And so I was just like, I don't know this whole coffee thing. But over the next two years, I began to explore a little more coffees because of social interaction and whatnot. And I began to learn, ooh, there is good coffee. And then there is terrible coffee. But then there's great <laughs> coffee. And then I started to explore this more and more, finding like the difference with beans. And I was like, oh. And yeah. then my wife one day, she's like, Scott, I kind of want a milk frother. And I'm like, a milk frother? Well, if you want a milk frother, you need an espresso <laughs> no, machine attached to that. So yeah. then I got into this whole obsession of coffee and then I realized you can't just get regular beans of course because regular beans are trash and that just tastes like trash coffee so you need a fancy bougie subscription beans where they send it to you from like one like random countries all over the world that have like the finest beans that were handpicked in order for you to get the full coffee experience and it's this whole world my buddy Josh was talking to he has this whole obsession with coffee and I realized this is well an, an obsession and and I think that's interesting in terms of what that means for us and how we process through things. Chase, have you ever had a hobby? Yeah, I definitely have. And it definitely also turned into obsession. So oh. for me, it came out of a place of like, I started working at this or I started working and I kind of got my groove a little bit. Right. And it kind of became a whole life. And I realized like, wow, I need to do other things. Like I need a hobby. hobby. Yeah, of course. Which Great. makes perfect sense. Um, and so I like thought about different things I can do kind of by myself or like after work. And I was like, well, like in seventh grade, we learned how to knit. Like maybe, I don't know, get back in like yarn crafts. So like I took myself on a little trip to Walmart and like, I strolled through the craft section and it was like a, opening to a whole new world with some of like the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Very helpful, very accommodating. But I was like... Knitting. I got that right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or like any... Knitting. I was... My, my world was open. That's your obsession. And my my remembrance of like how hard it is to knit like was way diminished. And so I was in there and I was like... I bought like a thing for um, needlepoint. I brought a crochet hook. Bought two knitting needles. Bought a bunch of yarn. Um, and I almost bought like some like... Uh, 
like outlines of like how to like make your own pants like if you want to sew them and I was like well this would be a good night and then I was like no no no, no. I'll probably finish two or three crafts tonight like I'm not gonna do this all tonight right so then I get home and like I like turn on a little YouTube video on my TV and there's a woman teaching me how to crochet and I'm like trying to follow along and like I get through like an hour like stupid like just for that way I can't I I did not crochet but then at knitting I was like I kind of remember how and I started watching that do it and I'm knitting for like four hours five hours and I'm like oh wow and I look down and I have like you know like maybe maybe five inches of scarf I'm like, well, I guess it's a lot harder and more work than I remembered. But like it forced me to keep doing it, which then every single day I was like, I want to get home and knit. I want to get home and knit, which is like interesting that like in a weird turn of events that became my obsession. But after I finished the scarf, I had to cut myself off because then that could consume my life a little bit more mm -hmm. maybe than I should have. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably one of my most recent obsessions. Obsessions. <laughs> and so the reason we talk about obsessions is in context of everyone worships something. Now that might seem like a little bit of a jump, but there was a book that I read by a guy named Kyle Eidelman. The title of that book was Gods at War. And I do judge books by their cover. And this one caused me to read it because I thought that was a clever title. Yeah. And his intro statement, he says, uh, the gods at war, they're in our life. And there's all these forms of idolatry that we have that we don't even recognize from our phones to our way that we engage with social media to how we engage with culture to these obsessions that we have. There are all these gods at war within our life that supplant the role that God is meant to play. And that might sound kind of whatever, but the reason why that's an issue mm -hmm. is, is when it comes to how we worship and how we engage in life, uh, we are designed to honor something, mm -hmm. uh, and that being our creator. But when we flip that and we start worshiping other things, it throws off the entire ecosystem that God has created. And as a result, it actually throws us into states of increasing unhealthiness and into states of addiction, into states where we're actually destroying our minds in various ways. And that's a pretty toxic place to be. Uh, there's a, a verse by this guy named Paul. Uh, he says something to a group of people 2,000 years ago that actually still plays true today. He said they, in their time, exchanged the truth about God for a lie, mm. uh, and they worshiped and they served created things rather than the creator. And I look at that and I was like, that's the same thing we face today. Yeah. We, we fall into worshiping the created things rather than the creator. My question with that too is, I guess I was kind of contemplate like God created for us to enjoy, right? So like, he created like arts so we can create and create beauty and worship him through that. Or even uh, God created like basketball, right? So we can have fun oh. with our friends. So how do you then then um, work hard at or pursue different things in your life while still uh, giving reverence to God and not trying to worship the thing but worshiping the, the creator of that thing? That's a great question because, uh, I, yeah, I've heard in churches, oh, we worship the creator, not the thing. But doesn't the creator make all these things? Yeah. And I think there's a, a difference between enjoying God's creation and glorifying God through that, uh, there's a difference between that and then making that your idol. Or if, it's, mm -hmm. if basketball is your thing, there's a way to bring God into that discipline. Mm -hmm. There's a way to invite God into your daily life there, as opposed to uh, making that your daily life and your reason for live. Mm -hmm. um, so I would actually throw that question on you. How have you brought God into your life in those aspects instead of making those aspects your God? Yeah, great question. Um, well, with basketball, I guess it's kind of an easy one. Um, I played that my whole life. And I think when I was a kid, like in church and stuff like that, like, you know, God should be part of basketball. I used to think like, like this has to be my sacrifice for God. So like, I would like 
pray before my games and like in the game, like when I would make a basket, I would like say a little quick prayer of thanks. And like when I was out, I would like pray that our team would win. And I was always like so wrapped up, like how can I have God mm-hmm. be in this? And it was like very legalistic or whatever. And like, as it's great, like I'm glad I was wrestling with sure. that. I think it made me realize like, oh, what I'm doing here is asking God like to bend the game to my will or, or, or I'm doing it so I feel like I'm at peace with him or I'm trying to like force this in that way. Whereas then when I got older and it kind of made... I mean, my faith developed a little bit and I understood a little bit more. I realized, like, like first of all, God loves people on both sides. Like, it's a kind of a, a weird situation there. But also just looking at how I can um, yeah, play and be a good sport and, and be, like, have fun and be competitive, but be, just have a kind heart in that. And that's kind of where the idea of, like, well, what's your heart posture? I think that kind of applies to everything always. But look at that, like, how can I be a good player and a good competitor while still being a good person, still displaying Christ on, on the court? And not necessarily so much of, like, I have to, like, you know, have a sign. Yeah, throw mm-hmm. the cross symbol up or like take communion after I score a basket. Like it's so much like simpler than that. It's like, are you living as Christ in your individual individual things? And, and for people who create, I think it's an easy thing as well. Uh, if you're doing art, like you're 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 replicating or you're interpreting or you're expressing emotions or, or things you see or places you've been. And I think that like just echoes what our creator's already done for us. So he's given us emotions, right? And like if you're expressing that on a page, whether with words or with or with a medium, like you're just saying like this is what I feel, and if like you're doing that as like uh, this is like what I feel because God's you know let me allow me to push through that, given these experiences, and then it's a cool way to, you can say look what I've done in response to what He's done, and it doesn't just have to be like a picture always of like a nativity or or, or things mm-hmm. like that. I think that kind of is a way that in my mind I've rectified that. So what I'm says is getting away from some of the cliche stock answers, and and really what I've heard you say is how do you set up your lifestyle so that it keeps you in communion with Christ rather than your relationship with Christ is on Sundays and the rest of the week you're doing your own thing and you come back. I think that boils down that always. I think almost everything in our life boils down to uh, is is your relationship with Christ, is Christianity like a thing that you do because it makes you feel good, because you think you should do it, because it's tradition, or is it something you're doing because... Um, you've been you've been called to that because you've experienced and you've learned and you've read and you've understood it and you want that to actually be your life. Like, is it is it a thing that you wear or is it who you are? And I think once you um, take that step or if you you grow and it becomes who you are, I think then yeah, it transcends to art, it transcends to hobbies, it transcends to lifestyle, work and play. I think it all it all comes together in that way. It kind of reminds me. I read once there's this old rabbinical tradition where they understood. Uh, the name of God is, is the sound of breathing. Mm. God's name is Yahweh. And so they they understood that, that or rather some of them believe that when you breathe, you're in a sense saying God's name, Yahweh. And so with every breath, mm. we proclaim the name of God, whether we recognize it or not, whether we are praising God or literally cursing God, our breath proclaims of his goodness. You also get this idea uh, in the Psalms where it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Like we are constantly worshiping. Mm. Now the idea is, are we honoring God with that worship? Or are we are we turning away from him? Sure. And so I think the practical step for us is, just like we talked about earlier, of just in your breathing, slowing down as a way to uh, moving away from our anxiety, our in our breath, what would it look like to worship God? And just, and we wake up in the morning and breathe, say, thank you, God, and continuing on with our day. Yeah, exactly. I think that learning that it's so much less about what we do, but just being a part and being in community with our creator and understanding, like exactly what I said, loving you say, even just breathing is a worship to Christ. Like it's, it's so much less than how can I perform? How can I do it? But so much more of just an adoration of and a position of like, Every step I take is a gift, and if that's your mindset, I think everything's worship, which is really cool. 
Amen. So may you worship God continuously. May your obsessions be not about the created things, but about the Creator. And may you recognize God, even in the smallest breaths that you take.